All right, everyone, welcome to the Change Starts Here podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Odom, and this week's guest is someone that many of you definitely know more than me, uh, or at least know of more than you know of me. Uh, and I would just say that if you are someone who has always aspired to be a leader, or if you're someone who's never thought of yourself as a leader, today's podcast is one that I absolutely believe will change your life. Uh, the book that we're going to talk about today is Identity Leadership by Stedman Graham. And it's one of those books that when you read it, um, you can't really put it down. And the practical wisdom in it, you can take notes the entire time and revisit. And I just I just want to encourage you all to take the time to listen today, but also take the time to go learn more about it through yourselves and purchase his book later. Um, Stedman, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Dustin, thank you so much for what you're doing and uh, giving out all of this good wisdom to the world. And uh, congratulations on your success. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So one of the questions that we've started to start every podcast with is a friend of ours named Brad Montague uh, talks about uh, this question, one of his favorite questions, which is, who are you and why do you love what you do? Instead of saying, who are you and what do you do? It's who are you and why do you love what you do? So could you answer that for us? Yeah, well, I am. I, I, what I try to be is I try to be um, uh, I try to be love. And what that means is I try to do everything I can to build out a positive um, view of, of things that I can create and design and build around my own life that's focused on empowerment that focuses on purpose, that focuses on passion, that focuses on happiness, that focuses on self-actualization of that. Uh, and, and not focus on what I can't do, not focus on the negative, not focused on those things that are um, uh, fear-based, but to be able to create a life around uh, what's possible around, again, the word love. So it's really the foundation of my work is to get you to transform your own life by loving yourself and caring for yourself and organizing yourself and making love practical in your own life and to be able to teach your, your family that and to live by that and create social economic development around that and to be able to create a business around that and create hobbies around that and create everything around uh, the word love that allows you to um, create who you are. And, and not only just who you are, but who you can be as a human being. So that to me is the, is the foundation of my work and the foundation of my life. Mm, that's really powerful. And I, I didn't expect to dive this deep that quickly, but um, you talk about the power of self-talk in your book. And when you bring up one of the keys to leadership is loving yourself even the most positive people struggle sometimes with self-talk. Can you talk a little bit about that kind of first step of how, how can I start, make sure I love myself and what are daily disciplines I can do to start conquering that first love of self? Well, for, first of all, if, if we talk about identity leadership and what that is, that identity leadership is self-leadership. And it's based on the philosophy that you cannot lead anybody else until you first lead yourself. So it really is about self-discovery, self-awareness, self-love, self-care, um, all of those things that are relevant to empowering yourself. And so uh, when we talk about self-talk and we talk about 
self-efficacy and uh, self-discovery, that's all a part of motivating yourself to try to be the best person you could possibly be. And not just talking about that, but creating a, a, a socially constructed and designed process, which is I, I've created, you know, through my nine step success process, a structure that you can follow whereby you can begin to organize your life the correct way, okay? Based on um, based on my journey and also based on other people's journey, journeys that have uh, showed you kind of how to do it right. What is the process for success? I think that's a big question today because, you know, we, we got this pandemic, we're dealing with climate change, we're dealing with uh, economic changes in this, in this country in this world. And so people are looking for how do I begin to organize and control my own destiny? How do I begin to design and create my own future? Now, this is the U2 economy. So it's about you and your ability to empower yourself first, put your mask on first, you know, empower yourself first and then serve the world based on what your, what your talents and your gifts are. And if you're not working toward that, you're pretty much uh, uh, not growing. You know, you're pretty much stuck in this, what we call a fixed mindset, which is you wake up in the morning, you wash your face, you brush your teeth, you get something to eat, you get the kids off to school, you work all day, come home in the afternoon, you spend time with the family, you watch TV, you go to bed, maybe you dream that's Monday. And you repeat that same cycle over and over every single day. And you're pretty much not going anywhere. You're certainly not growing. So your ability to be able to grow and to build and to create goes back to self and self-talk and self-development and self-empowerment. So that, and also the understanding of how to do that, which is what I teach. I teach the how to, not just talk about, I don't want to just talk about motivation and this and that. I want you to understand the process of success and teach you how to learn, how to organize information, education around your heart, your soul, transfer it to your mind, so you become an actual thinking human being and then transfer that to the American free enterprise system or the global market to create and shape your own future in the 21st century. So uh, one thing is, I'm, as I'm uh, taking this in, I, I think about uh, one of my jobs now is to meet with leaders, district officials, state leaders, uh, local principals, teachers even. And one of the things that I hear right now is people are overwhelmed. And when I talk about to a superintendent today, we talked about leadership challenges. It's always the stuff to lead others. And what I hear is I don't have time or what people may think is I don't have time to, to slow down and lead myself. What do you say to that when somebody pushes back on you that way? Well, you have the time. Uh, you're just focusing on, um, it's, like, it's like the rabbit and the hare race. You know, the rabbit thinks, wow, I can run fast and I'm going to do things fast and everything. But you lose the race because you're going too fast. So you, you don't get a chance to really think about what you're doing, develop a plan for where you're going or have a vision of where you're going. You don't really uh, understand how to, how to create sustainability. Uh, and now all, all of that starts with leading yourself. It starts with you becoming a strong leader based on who you are because everything else is just busy so you're living in this external world where you're giving everything over you're giving all your power to the external world to define your existence 
And what happens, you become very busy with the external world, but you never get a chance to know who you are. You never get a chance to build authenticity. You never get a chance to really do it right. And you really think you're doing something just because you're working. So you just work and work and work. And you look back after 40 years and you say, you know what, what have I built? You haven't built a whole lot. Because so, you pretty much you pretty much are a follower. You're pretty much a slave to the world that you live in. You're giving everything away. You have nothing for yourself. That represents about 99% of the people in the world who really have it wrong. I, I you can see I'm jumping out of my chair because I'm thinking like, so the again I'm I'm fairly younger on the younger side of my career, and one of the things that I work with my friends and my wife closely with is to what you're talking about is how do we not wait till we're retired or, you know, we're about to die to think about, man, I should have got after today. And your conviction is uh, palpable. How do you help folks again, that are stuck in the rat race of, I think I'm doing all these things. And they look back and they think, oh, I didn't do the right things that matter. What are, what are some exercises or questions you ask people to snap them out of that paradigm and get them focused on what really matters in leadership? Well, that's why I teach. The, that's why I teach. Why I teach the nine-step, Dustin, the nine-step success process, as a way to teach people how to self-actualize who they are and their potential. I mean, because I discovered it for myself, yeah. and so I grew up, you know, special need brothers in my family, low self-esteem, lack of confidence in myself. Basketball was my only way that I was able to not basically destroy myself because I had so much anger and rage growing up. Worked in the prison system five years. There's no question I would have been a prisoner in that system, except for the fact that, uh, you know, I had basketball as a way to get me out of my community. For the most part, uh, didn't understand, wasn't a thinker, didn't understand, uh, you know, the application of knowledge and how to apply that knowledge and didn't understand the importance of education. Didn't get that. And so it was pretty much just like I would say most people. And when you're stuck in an environment where, you know, uh, you you have a race-based consciousness about the color of your skin, you don't know who you are, you don't know where you're going, you don't know how to get there, and you're searching all the time, and people just say, go to school, which I went, went to school, got a master's in education, you know, got a job, you know, worked, served in the U.S. Army, played ball in Europe, you know, did all of those things that I could do, but it, I never really began to understand internally how it works so when you talk about what is the, what are the steps i created the steps for myself and then i'm defined by my relationship with oprah and every time i step out the door people put me in a box based on that so i'm defined by all these labels and you don't have a sense of self you know you're defined by the outside world and you never get to know who you are or how to build your life you don't even know how to put the pieces of the puzzle together. You don't even know how to organize information. You can't you you can't organize resources and and opportunities. And now you, you we have a, a much better chance to be successful today. You wouldn't think that, but we have technology at, at, at our feet today. So we're able to organize, and this is the information age, we're able to organize information that should empower ourselves based on improving our skills and our talents and our abilities so we become more relevant to the 21st century so we're able to make more money, create more value, 
the value that you give yourself is a value the world gives you. The world sees you as you see yourself. So how do we improve our, our perception of ourselves and how do we participate in a global marketplace so that we can raise social economic development for ourselves and our family? We should be able to do that even more so now, but we don't know how to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Hmm. It's all over the place. It's like motivation. Okay, motivation, motivation. But after the motivation, then what do you do? Mm. You know, what, what's the process for your success? And can you create a customized program for yourself, design a program for yourself that allows you to be able to maximize your potential based on your intellect, based on your education, based on your skills, based on the foundation of how you grew up, right? And take all of that uh, confidence and take all of that, uh, you know, stuff that, that allows you to, you know, that, that over the years you created layers and layers and layers of strength. Take all of that strength, right? And put it together so that you could be all that you could possibly be. And then to be able to be a role model, not only for yourself first, but for your family and then for others that you come in contact with. Yeah, I think, so one of the things that you mentioned in your book was the, you chose the word steps intentionally, right? And you just kind of mentioned it there as we have to do something. If it's a step, I've got to move forward. And so I think that's incredibly powerful. But unpacking a lot of what you just said, the power of labels, the labels that others try to give us and the labels that we try to give ourselves or have allowed ourselves to give ourselves uh, are, are so tough to break free. Um, and I would say for you, one of the things I kind of laughed about as I, I read your book is, when I was single and I had some mentors who were trying to set me up on dates to, to find my wife, they always asked me, you know, who are you looking for? And the one simple answer I always gave is, I just want to be with a woman uh, for me who, when people meet me or people know me, they say, oh yeah, Dustin's great, but you really have to meet his wife, Ashley, right? And I, I have that. Unfortunately, I think you have that in spades. And so my question for you is, how tough was dealing with that label? At the same time, uh, you talk about your partner being the true example of identity leadership. So how are you able to one, shake the label, but also two, honor your partner as, you know, a true identity leader in this? Well, that's a great, that's a great question. And so uh, you want to be able to be with somebody that's smarter and stronger and, and, you know, has more resilience and all of that. Women, of course, are, uh, I think, the superior sex anyway, you know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're dynamic because um, uh, they have to deal with so, so much, you know, uh, they have to ch uh, bear children. They have to, you know, they have to do everything. They have to think that, you know, the, uh, and, and so they have to navigate through life. And it's a lot more difficult sometimes for them uh, because they're labeled and they're put into a box and they're defined and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're controlled by the outside world a lot of times. So they have to break through that. Um, but, but, you know, being able to, I think, know who you are. It's like when you talk about building relationships, knowing who you are is the key. Uh, and then when you know who you are, you're happy about your own life. You know, you're you're happy about what you do. You're not trying to blame the people around you and you're not trying to blame, you know, uh, uh, you're not becoming a victim around other people and mad all the time and frustrated and I can't do this. And, you know, you look towards yourself for the answers. 
So if I'm having an issue, in any issue, with anybody, anywhere, I have to look toward myself for the answer. I'm not looking to the outside world as a way to define my, how I'm going to feel or how I'm going to manage that situation or how I'm going to control my emotions. I'm looking to me to be responsible for that. And when I look for me, nobody else has to know that. That's the beauty about it. I don't have to open my mouth. All I have to do is ask myself, how do I deal with the emotions of this? How do I manage this situation so it turns into a positive situation? Again, how do, how do, I, how do I make it this a winner as opposed to a loser? Well, a lot of it's just keep, keep your mouth closed. You know, don't, don't, don't voice what you really think in terms of how you feel. You know, don't lash out. You know, try to manage your emotions. Don't, don't operate from your historical background. You know, from your pain points that you grew up in and from your trauma that you grew up in and from your low self-esteem and your lack of confidence and your anger. Stop operating from your anger. I don't, people don't want your anger. They don't want your rage. That's yours. So how do you manage that? So having some self-awareness about that allows you to build relationships at all levels. Yeah. So it's one of the number one issues in, 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 in corporate America is getting along with people. Can you get along with people? You know, can you, how do you make people feel good about themselves? So when they feel good about themselves, you know, it's, it's easier for you to get along with them. And, and it's easier to make them feel good about themselves when you feel good about yourself. So all of this is about you. It's about all of us working on ourselves. That's why work on ourselves to me is the most important three words. The question is, how do you do that effectively? Yeah. So how about, I mean, I don't know if you want to, uh, there's three questions you talk about that in order to really start becoming an identity leader, you have to answer. Can you tell us about those? Well, you have to know who you are, where you're going, how you're going to get there. You know, so again, it's not how the world defines you, it's how you define yourself. So being able to define your own existence, uh, to me, is like, that's the miracle. That's the blessing. Is that how do you define Dustin? You know, are you clear on that? What's the structure look like? What are your capabilities in terms of, uh, you know, a, a person? I mean, you have great leadership capabilities. You got a great spirit. You know, you have, uh, you know, the ability, you're, you're, you're obviously very intelligent, all of that. What's, what is possible for you as a human being in a global market today? Well, you got to have a foundation for organizing information. You know, you, we, we, we go to school and the school teaches us how to memorize and take tests, repeat the information back in labeled with grade. Two weeks later, we get the information. So we actually stop learning. You know, we don't learn anything anyway because we don't know how to take the information and make it relevant to our development. So, and we end up doing the same thing over and over every day. So we're not going anywhere, right? So you can't go anywhere unless you uh, define your own existence, unless you decide for yourself, who are you going to be? I know who you are. You're just like everybody else doing the same thing over and over every single day. You're defined by the outside world based on your labels, right? There's three, three levels. There's a fail level, right? There's a fail system. There's an average system. You, you know, average system is you graduate from college, you go out and look for a job and you work and you get stuck in that rut. 
Then there's an advanced system. So if you happen to be able to, you know, get into the advanced system, which is to be able to customize content around your development so that you can improve every day based on your talents and your skills and your abilities so that you can be a better person today than you were yesterday. Then you're in an advanced system where you're co-creating with the, with the world that you live in so that all the resources and all the opportunities are relevant to organizing those things that are that will empower you as a person to create more value for you, which allows you now to be worth more. You get paid more. You, you get more opportunities. You meet different people. You operate at a different level. Your thinking is different. Your feelings are different. Your emotions are different. Wow. So to take a Dustin and build Dustin and rebuild him and improve him, not where you are, but where you can possibly be, where you actually, where you want to go based on a vision bigger than your circumstances. And you can develop a process of continuous improvement every day to create opportunities based on, on your existence. So, and then be able to share that with the world, hopefully your family first. <laughs> I, I like that you start there. I mean, I think it's one thing that uh, we've seen a lot of leaders who lead publicly well, but don't lead the people closest to them around them well. And so to your point, I think that's something you hit home is like, how do you lead self and the people that are closest around you? I also want to uh, thank you and give you a shout out. So since reading your book, um, some of my friends think I'm crazy because I'll get up at 4.30 in the morning and have my quiet time and get my day started that way um, with a five-month-old in the house and two other small kids. Um, but it's so rejuvenating. And so a friend of mine recently said, convince me, literally a text was, convince me why I should get up early. And because of the wisdom I'm kind of gleaning from your nine steps, I didn't even talk about why you should get up early. I just asked, what's your mission and purpose for life? Do you know what you live for and why you're living? And he's like, I don't know. I kind of do this, this, and this. And I said, well, that's that's the first key. When you can answer that, all the other things of how do you maximize your 24 hours will become a lot more clear. Is that is that something you agree with? Yeah, or? I mean, you, you have some place to go. If you don't have any place to go, like you just said, if you don't have a purpose in life, or you don't know what your vision is going to be, you don't have a plan, you're not organizing your 24 hours, you are wasting your time. You're just getting up in the morning, doing the same thing over and over. If you did the same thing you did yesterday as you would do today, as you would do tomorrow, what have you done? Nothing. And everything you learn, you forget. You got 50,000 thoughts going through your mind every single day that you can't organize. So what are you doing? You're not going anywhere. You know, you have no new ideas, no new innovation, no creativity. You're not taking control of your environment. And anything that the pandemic has taught us, Dustin, today is that you better control your own existence. Mm. You, you better create your own opportunity because you may not have a job. You may not have a job to go to. You may not have economic uh, e equality. You may not have the information. Schools may not work. You can't go to school. You can't send your kids to school. So do you have the intelligence or do you have the knowledge, right, to be able to supplement whatever is needed to ensure that your children are, have an equity education and that they keep up and, they're, and they become relevant when they go back to school? So you don't know what the world is going to look like because you're in a global marketplace today. So the world has stopped. So that should tell you everything. That's to say... I'm no longer going to depend on the outside world as a way to define my existence. 
And if you're looking for freedom, you'll never find freedom on the outside because nobody's going to give you freedom. Freedom is only on the inside. It's an internal process of having uh, a variety of opportunities, right? And a, 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 a number of what I call multiple sources of, of resources or, or incomes or opportunities or things that you can fall back on. So you need an A plan, you need a B plan, you need a C plan, and you might need a D plan hmm. in terms of where the world is going. And certainly you need a plan for learning because you got to be able to figure out where this technology is taking everybody. Are you relevant today? Can you keep up? Do you even have a technology uh, base that's strong enough to be able to work from home if you need to do that? Are you able to communicate to people all over the world based on um, based on your, your, your a, a job or a new job or a new idea or uh, 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 building a new economy for yourself and your family? Are you teaching them? You know, are you able to access things that that you may not be able to go outside? Are you able to access resources around the world that are relevant to your development? So it's a way of thinking. And so when you talk about just sitting around and, and you know, and not doing anything, man, you wasted four hours in the morning just playing around. That's 20 hours a week. And if we know anything about anything, we know that time is, you, you can't replace the time. The time is just, it just ticks. You know, you can get more money, create more opportunities, but you can't create, you can't get back your time. So once you give your time away, it's over. So one of the things that makes me think, I wish we would have known each other 20 years ago when I started out teaching. So I taught trigonometry and uh, you can imagine the number of kids who were really excited or not very excited to come to my class each day. And I, I, I believe we did well and had a lot of success. Um, but I'm thinking about what advice would Stebman have for me when I was teaching my kids? Cause I, I taught them trigonometry well, but I don't know if I taught them how to fully self-actualize. And so what kind of encouragement or advice do you have for teachers as, who are listening to this of how can we teach our kids better? Some of the leadership traits that you're talking about. Well, as Gandhi said, the first advice I would have is, is to say what Gandhi said. He says, be the change you seek in the world. You know, so you become the best at what you do. You become the authority at what you do. You become the role model at what you do. And you make all of that relevant to your development, you know, based on your talents and your skills. So you become the culture. You, you become the change you seek in the world, as he said. You know, you create the culture and the structure around that. So to me, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do with my work is that I'm just not talking about identity leadership, but I'm trying to organize the culture of it. So it's relevant to empowering people, no matter where they are, any place in the world. And then excuse me, utilizing technology as a way to disseminate the content that's relevant to empowering people. Okay. Just like we're doing right now. Uh, so the idea of, of taking trigonometry and math and STEM and organizing that culture and being able to teach people how to use numbers and, and, and technology and equations and, and new ideas and, and teaching them how to learn about how to organize information. The book, good book says, be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. 
and that the people are, are perished because of the lack of knowledge. So how do you organize the knowledge around your skill sets, around your talents and your abilities so that you can become the best? You know, you can you can become, have a competitive edge in the marketplace based on knowing how to self-actualize your talents and your skills. And what skills do you have today that are relevant to the 21st century that you need to survive and that you need to thrive? So there's a lot of skills out there you got to have today, not just trigonometry, trigonometry skills and math skills, it's science skills, it's technology skills, it's communication skills, it's using devices, you know, as a way to organize information, it's being able to create programming around that, it's, it's, it's being able to organize uh, and, 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 and use code as a way to design new software systems. All of those things are, are relevant to the, the course that you teach and how do you make it relevant to them so that, they, so that the, the work comes alive by your example, by your enthusiasm, by your motivation, by your energy, by your ability to be able to teach it in a way that it becomes infectious, but it also becomes a part of their life and it becomes a part of their lifestyle. To me, that's education. Yeah, I think... One of the, so you talked in your book about the six ways to hone your self-leadership skills. And I found all, all six incredibly inspiring, but I love that you came back to, you got to read books, articles, and blogs, right? You got to continue to read and continue to learn. And I feel like if I'm an educator, the, obviously I want my kids to master the subject, but most importantly, it seems for lifelong uh, education, we need to get them excited about just the lifelong journey of learning. Does that sound right? Oh my goodness. That is, I mean, that changed my life. So, I mean, I wasn't the learner. I wasn't the learner. So I never understood the value of knowledge and information. I'm, I'm reading probably now anywhere, I bet you 10 books a week. Hmm. Uh, and I'm a speed reader. So, you know, so I'm reading books. When I say books, I'll read samples of books you know, parts of books. If I really are interested in the book, I'll I buy the book and I'll go through it. But I'm looking for ideas. You know, I'm looking, I'm, I'm skimming down the middle of a page looking for things that, that have interest to who I am as a person. So I can organize and segment, segment my life in a way that I have the right information. Because a lot of times, a lot of times in this world, we're in these structures, which I call countries and cities and schools, where you don't have the information. And when you don't have the information, you're only operating in your own area of influence. And Einstein said, you cannot solve a problem with the same mindset that caused it. Hmm. So you're trying to deal with issues where you don't have the information. You don't have the knowledge. And if you're in a, a school that doesn't have good information or the teacher doesn't have good information, and that information is not available to 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 you to so that you can make good choices in your life and make good decisions, then you're going to have a substandard life. So the key here uh, between really success and failure is having good information, having the right information. So our ability to be able now to use technology and, and use technology as a way to discover the YouTube information and you know, information you can download on and information that's relevant to whatever you want in your life. 
you know, that is a blessing. That's like, that's like, that's, that's, that's equality. That's freedom. But you got to know who you are first to be able to source the information. Hmm. You got to know what you love. You got to know what you care about. You got to know what you're passionate about. You got to know where you're going, how you're going to get there. You got to know what, what's going to allow you to now increase your social economic development, whether it's a business or whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's training, whether it's specific skills, to be able to source the information that can become relevant to whatever you want to do in your life. And if you don't get that right, and that's what I discovered, I said, oh, it's about organizing information around me and then organizing resources and opportunities around my whole life based on who I want to become. And when I got that, I could connect my soul, my emotions to my brain, then to the American free enterprise system and the global market. I can create and, and, and design my own production process and then deliver that to the world. That's what that's about as close to freedom as I know. Mm. Well, speaking of freedom in this case, I, I thought one of the more insightful uh, stories or examples you gave in your book was talking about your time working in the prison system and what it taught you about the power of identity leadership or the power of the lack, you know, the, the detriment of not having identity leadership. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your experience there and what you learned uh, that solidified your belief in identity leadership? Yeah, I, I worked five years in the prison system. I didn't say I was in the prison system. I worked five years yeah, working there. Okay. <laughs> Did I say it? That's terrible. I apologize. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. That's just a little joke. Small joke. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 you know, I started off as a, as a guard. I worked night shifts, 11 to 7. And that's very interesting because, you know, uh, you, sometimes you go into this large area where you have 150 inmates in one area. Man, that's got to be tough. You know, you live in an area with 150 people in one area on cots and bunks and double bunks and all of that. And, you know, everybody's in that one area all night long. You got to deal with all the human elements that go along with that. And, man, if you snore, you're, 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 in, the, you're in bad shape if you got somebody next to you snoring all night long. So, uh uh, and it wasn't always, I mean, you know, folks had cells and everything else, but it's a prison environment. Uh, what you do, I mean, you're dealing with, I was dealing with probably thousand inmates, uh, you know, a, a day in the, in the compound where I was working. And you got to be able, it might, might've been 1500. You got to be able to navigate through all of that, through the good and the bad. And there's a lot of negative energy there. You can imagine, which is why you, why folks are there in the first place. So, you got to be able to kind of manage all of that. And what I what I learned from that experience, especially when it relates to identity leadership, is really you have to you learn about your, a lot about yourself. Number one. Secondly, the transformation is always love. When I say that, the transformation for anybody is to be able to move from negative to positive. To be able to look at the glass half full as opposed to half empty, regardless of what your circumstances are. And it wouldn't make any difference whether you're in prison, because uh, you could be Nelson Mandela, which is one of the greatest prison stories in the world, was in prison 27 years, right? They never broke him. They never broke his spirit. And he came out to be the president of his country. And so you can be in prison and have a prison, prison mindset, right, out of prison, as well as having a prison mindset in prison. 
right? So your ability to be able to, again, transform yourself regardless of what the circumstances are is really what I learned through identity leadership and that was which is one of the reasons why I wrote the wrote the book is because I realized that the transformation is moving from negative to positive you know and eliminating as many negative feelings about yourself as possible so that you can create opportunity based on you know, on the resources that we have available to us I, I think I really wish I would have highlighted this quote in my notes because I remember it uh, distinctly. When you were talking about the prison system, you know, you were talking about the prisoners itself and what you learned about identity leadership. But then you said there are many of those who uh, aren't in prison, yet they are prisoners in their own mind or something along those lines. Can you talk about that? Because I feel like, you know, I, I remember where I was sitting when I highlighted that and underlined it and thinking, all right, how, how do I make sure that I am truly free in my own mind? And can you talk to people how, how to become free in their own mind? Yeah, and that's an internal issue. We get, we, get, uh, we get enslaved by the outside material things in life. So when we don't know who we are, we don't take control of our own existence, and we focus on the external world to define our existence. And we walk around, we ask people, am I okay? Am I good enough? And you know, we, we, you have to get validated on the outside. So we become a victim to the outside world in terms of uh, our acceptance of ourselves, number one. And sometimes we think it's, it's gotta be about the house and the car, look at my house and look at my car and look at how much money I make and look about look at who I am and my title and my job. And so you become a victim to the outside world and enslaved to the outside world as a way to create value for yourself. And when you talk about freeing yourself, freedom costs, oh, that's a, that takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of time. It's hard to work on yourself because you got to look within yourself. It's hard to work out. It's hard to, you know, uh, in, in, in some cases, unless you really love it. But, you know, to work on yourself, to develop yourself, to build yourself, to take time with yourself. You know, it's easy to go out and enjoy all of the the, the accolades that the world has to offer. You know, you have a lot of fun, but you never really free yourself from the victimization that you pick up by staying in that household for 18, 19 years, listening to your parents, some good things and bad things, sometimes yelling and screaming, and you pick up all of these habits. So it's about the habits that you, that you, that you pick up and you absorb from your parents and it's called learned behavior. You get learned behavior that really is not relevant to your development because they don't know. They're, your parents do the best they can based on what they know. If they'd have known better, they'd have done better. So it's our ability, if you're fortunate enough to be able to find freedom, right? And, and, you, and you're fortunate enough to be able to work on the inside to find it so that you don't become a victim to the world that you live in. And you have to now deal with, again, I go back to technology, which is one of the greatest tools that we will have in the 21st century, but it's also an enslavement tool, you know, where you become enslaved to the, um, uh, you know, to, to the information and you become addicted to it. That, you know, that it's, it's an external program for the most part, designed and set up for you to spend your money you know, it sells product, it does all those things. That's fine, no problem. But if you don't utilize this tool right here as a way to organize your life, to empower yourself, 
then you will never be free. Mm. So when you talk about the things that you need to do to be free, I, I, I would say I go to one of your steps, which is called the step into outer limits. And I think in that chapter, you talk about fear and failure. Um, how, how can we overcome the fear, right? Change is hard. Uh, breaking free from labels and perceptions and our own self-talk is hard. Uh, what advice do you have for us to help us overcome fear and overcome failure? I like, I like uh, Dustin, working from the core of who you are. I like that as a way to gauge your fear and challenge your, your, yourself and to be able to, uh, you know, figure out how to overcome the obstacles because you're so passionate about your work that you're willing to face the fear and you're willing to fail because you have a bigger vision than your circumstances. So it's hard to overcome fear if you're just out in the world, external world, and you have no place to go and you don't have a purpose in life, you don't have an identity for yourself, you're not clear, you have no clarity around who you are, where you're going, and what your day is gonna look like, you're not organized, okay? Then, and you're not prepared. Success is when preparation meets opportunity. So the key word here is preparation. And you, you get, you get fear-based when you're not prepared. You get fear-based when you, you're not an authority in your field. You get fear-based when you don't do your homework and now you gotta take a test the next day. You get fear-based when you uh, don't have a clear vision and you're not aligned to, the, to, to where you're going. You get fear-based when you have to take big steps as opposed to small steps, you know, where you can't break that, things down into small goals where you can't put your head around what's going on, where you don't understand things, you get fear-based. And so we're operating in a global marketplace today, which allows us to be even more fear-based because we don't understand this pandemic sometimes. And we don't understand uh, the way that the economy now is moving. We don't understand the way technology is moving. So when you don't understand it, and you don't take time or you don't work again on yourself and you don't have a core base that you can operate from and a foundation where you can organize information and make it relevant to your development so you become stronger and stronger every single day it's easy to be fear-based and and Maya Angelou says courage is the greatest of all virtues because without courage we do nothing so when you talk about overcoming fears that's also a learned behavior you know, that's also going back to figure out who you are and why you do what you do and why you act the way you do. And it's also creating, you want to create a structure of opportunities where, um, where it allows you to look at the glass half full as opposed to half empty uh, and realize that only the strong survive. Well, it's not working necessarily on your weaknesses. It's working on your strengths so that you can build a strong core that you can go back to all the time when you're challenged by fear. Hmm. That's really powerful. I think about the different stages of my life as you were talking, you know, when I was terrified of a test, the best way to, I mean, almost every time I was terrified, there was part of me that knew I wasn't fully prepared, right? It's, it's that preparation and learning uh, and self-mastery is, is so powerful. And I didn't realize how powerful it could be to managing fear and anxiety. Um, so with that, uh, before we let you go, there's a question I like to ask every guest, which is a simple question that uh, I, I think for you, uh, 
uh, you know, I'm an educator, you know, the, the, most of the folks who are listening are, you know, superintendents, district officials to school leaders or teachers or parents. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your, what's your best advice for the first step I can take to becoming an identity leader? Well, the first step you can take is to be able to, uh, again, um, focus on who you are, you know, and build from the core of who you are and, and lay out a whole plan around everything that's relevant to your development. You know, everything that makes you happy, everything that, um, that, that allows you to focus on what you do well, you know, and be clear on that. Be clear on how you want to spend your time. You only have so much time. So everyone is equal because everybody has 24 hours. The question is what do you do with your 24 hours and how you begin to organize that in a way that you can create a process for continuous improvement. That is like critical. And then the second part of that is being able to, to, to focus on learning as a way to enhance your value. And you, and you have a platform right now, which is, you know, this podcast. So identity leadership and then being coming and then the leader, it's about working on yourself at every level so that you can be an example and a role model for who you are. You can be proud of yourself. And then being able to share all of those gifts and all of those talents that you have to be able to help other people. And so first you help yourself, then you help your family, and then you help your people around you at work, and then you help your community, and then you help uh, you know other people around that you can help that are in your area of influence. Uh, now you have technology as a way to disseminate your content, your information, and your show, right? So you can't do that very well if you don't work on you. You know, if you don't understand the, 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 the structure of how technology works, then you're going to be limited. So it's our ability, and that takes a lot of time, a lot of time, and a lot of effort. Uh, a lot of folks may not want to do that because it's called work. It takes too much time. It's too hard. You know, it means I have to be focused. It means I have to, you know, uh, uh, learn about things. It means I have to read a lot of books. You know, when you talk about becoming an entrepreneur and a business person, man, that's a, you got to have a, a strong passion for that because that's a lot of work. You're talking, talking about building a company and just doing this podcast, just putting it together, the time and effort it takes to be able just to do a show. And for you to have to read a book, a whole book, and then figure out what the questions are. That is, that's work. And you got to really love that and care about that. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to overcome those uh, obstacles that you face. And you're not going to be able to, you know, there's lots of times in Chicago, well, man, I wanted to go out in the summertime. I was, I was, you know, in, in the house on the weekend. Lots of weekends with, you know, with paper all around me and books all around me, trying to figure out how to do what I'm doing right now, how to write books and how to speak to people and talk to people around the world. And now utilize technology as a way to train people and build courses and to understand software and coding and all of that to be able to create a competitive edge in the marketplace. Well, without understanding who I was as a person and what I wanted to do, and being clear on that, I would have been able to, you know, have the have the ability to be able to sacrifice, you know, uh, and 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 to create what I'm creating because I would have had the uh, the willpower, the will to succeed, and the will to prepare. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, this sounds corny, and I'm not saying this because you're just our guest, but uh, the steps that you talk about are life-changing, not just like in general, but very specifically to me. Uh, and they, they hit home. Uh, when I was uh, a junior in college, I read a book called The Purpose Driven Life, and I wrote my first mission statement that I've not changed since, which is to make a positive and lasting impact in the life of every person I meet every day. And through the formulation of that vision, you know, I had the courage to become a teacher in inner city St. Louis versus take the consulting job that I thought I was supposed to take because I was a finance background. I ended up going into the nonprofit management and then working for a school district. And now somehow I'm here, but each step, I don't, you know, I can't remember everything about every step and decision, but I know every step was to get closer to living out that mission. And so the, the steps that you give, one, the advice you give to do that, but then the steps that you give following once you decide your vision are so helpful. And I can't thank you enough for spending those hours, especially staying inside in Chicago, which I live in St. Louis, so I'm gonna lose some friends for saying this, but Chicago is the best city in America between May and September. And so I can't imagine being inside during those times when you're in Chicago, but um, thank you for the sacrifice because uh, you are changing lives. And again, for those of you who are listening, if you have not picked up the book, please go do so it will be absolutely worth a couple hours of your time to dive in, know yourself, and to be able to lead others more effectively. Stephen, is there anything before you leave, is there anything else you want to share with anybody? Any last words of wisdom for us? Well, I, I think that, you know, I often say you're not your, your, your circumstances, you are your possibilities. And the beautiful thing about the world we live in, I mean, we live in the greatest country in the world. I mean, you, I, I read a statistic, I think it says 64% of the people in the world don't have toilets. So when you live in the world like I, I mean, in, in, in America, a country like ours, where you have systems that work and you have all of this opportunity to be able to utilize those opportunities and those resources, that's a gift. And we should be thankful every single day. I know we have our issues, but we should be thankful every single day that we live in America because everybody's trying to get here for that reason. You know, so the idea of being able to organize opportunities and work together and to care for each other and to love each other and, and to, to work on building our communities and building our educational system so people have access to education so that we can, we can raise economic opportunities is a benefit to everybody. You know, so our ability to be able to uh, get, be the best people we could possibly be one person at a time is how we start to do it. So hopefully we're able to impact through your show and through your platform and through your leadership, help other people, maybe one or two or whoever, to try to be the best person they could possibly be so they can, so we can create a better country. Well, Stedman, thank you so much. Uh, everyone else, our guests, thanks for, again, joining the Change Starts Here podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Spotify channel, or on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we appreciate all of your support. And one final time, Stedman, thank you for your time today. Have a great My week. Pleasure. Thank you, Dustin. Thanks for joining us today. Please support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel, cast on Apple or Spotify, and help us celebrate the beautiful, messy work of shaping human potential.